welcome to the Speakeasy Sports Show. Time to pull up a seat, pour a glass, and talk some ball. Here's your hosts, Daniel and John. Week four of college football season is in the books. Uh, that is John. I am Daniel. Welcome to the Speakeasy Sports Show. So happy to have you uh, along with us. John, how are you doing this evening? Daniel, I'm doing fantastic. Um, we are a quarter of the way through the college football season, oh, okay. which means we, which which hurts, which hurts. Uh, but it means that we're getting to the good stuff, man. What a weekend. Holy moly. There's none of this, you know, <laughs> we, there's none of this uh, playing uh, St. Mary's School for the Poor uh, at, at this point in the season. So it's it's prime time. I'm excited for uh, the next few weeks. It always goes by too fast, but this is the the beat of the season. and I'm ready to ready to see what happens. To be clear, it was definitively not prime time this weekend um <laughs> to, to so i mean i think i'll i think we might get canceled like i think the show might get canceled if we make fun of Deion sanders like i don't think that's that's you're not allowed to do that uh, Deion sanders i was told in a tweet today that Deion sanders is saban with shades is what a national espn national writer with uh seven hundred thousand followers on twitter called Deion sanders today after he got it handed to him by I mean, Dan Lanning. <laughs> handed to him. Um, yeah, so. Does that mean that it's good? It's fine for us to. Can we, from here on out, refer to Deion Sanders as Shaben? Is that is it like <laughs> Shaben? Like is it? I mean, this feels fair to me. It feels right. totally fair. All right. It's done. If you're new to the show, this is the Speakeasy Sports Show. John and I love two things. We love college sports, and um, we love amber alcoholic liquids, and so. Uh, this is a this is a show celebrating both of those things. We're so happy to have you. If you're watching, if you're tuning in, do us a huge favor and just subscribe to the channel. That would help us out a bunch. We would love that. You can drop us a comment. Let us know what you're drinking and what you've been watching, and who your favorite team is. We'd love to hear all about it. We're gonna start um, today the way that we start um, most of our shows. And that is John, what are you drinking tonight? And why are you drinking? Who are you drinking it in honor of? Perfect. Uh, Daniel, I, I have one of my favorite whiskeys, um, that I'm drinking tonight from my favorite distillery. This is from a distillery called high West in park city, Utah. Yes. High West makes fantastic whiskey. This is the Yippie Kaye. It's a blend of rye, um, finishing vermouth and Syrah barrels, a fantastic whiskey. I'm drinking it in honor of the Utah Utes Mm. and Kyle Whittingham. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you, Daniel, I don't know if you've noticed, but boy, oh boy, is that pac 12 flashy. Ooh, they love they love the high flying offense. I'll they love listen. They love the high flying offense. Um, you've got Heisman ch- quarterbacks at every team. Um, you've got all of these things happening in the Pac-12, and then you've got Kyle Whittingham, who does he won't tell you. <laughs> does he concern himself with any of that, John? No, Kyle Whittingham. He won't tell you if his quarterback is playing or not, which his starting quarterback has not played in four weeks. Um, he he holds everything close to the vest in this very flashy kind of you saw it with Dan Lanning and Deion Sanders 
You saw, you know, kind of the vibrato. Then you got Kyle Whittingham. And you know what Kyle Whittingham does? Kyle Whittingham rolls the ball out there. Yeah. He lines it up and puts Mm -hmm. a hand in the dirt and says, let's go. Yep. And he has done nothing but be the back-to-back Pac-12 champion. And this week he beat number 22 UCLA 14-7. to He has a defense that is holding teams uh, to under 10 points per game and is winning without a starting quarterback. Without, I mean – you can't name people cannot name two players on Utah's football team. No, and uh, no, Cam Rising's the only player you can name, and he's not even playing. And he's not even playing. And Kyle Whittingham keeps rolling the ball out there and keeps winning with hard nose defense, hand in the dirt, uh, playing ball. And so, shout out to Kyle Whittingham, a man who is um, in a league of that is very flashy right now. This man is under the radar and and getting it done. Yippee Kaye, um, High West, a fantastic distillery. So Every good. ride they make is fantastic. It's perfect. Um, that Utah offense, by the way, scored seven points this week, <laughs> and there was not a single second where they were at risk no. of losing the game. And the Correct. offense scored seven points. Correct. And they that. won the game. They won the game. Yep. Wow. I am drinking um, – I'm drinking uh, – one of my a, a classic, mm-hmm. um, one of my favorites. It is a wild turkey rare breed. It's mm-hmm. barrel proof mm-hmm. wild turkey. Mm-hmm. Nothing flashy about it. It would be a great thing to drink in honor of Utah because there's nothing flashy about it, but it just gets the job done. It just gets the job done. But I'm drinking this for a different reason. You know, the rare breed back in the day. I was kind of an amateur in the whiskey world and I was just sort of getting into bourbons and, and whiskeys and, and that sort of thing. And this was one of the first things that I, that I had on hand cause it was affordable and you could, you know, you could get it and, and it was, it was good. I loved it. And I would go to it time and time again. I would always have a bottle on hand. And then John, I kind of, I put it on the bench for no reason, like for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. But I just wanted to try out some new things. You know, I got like, I heard about this thing over here. And I, so I went and bought that. And before you know it, I've got 40, 50 barrel, like bottles, like in my cabinet. Mm-hmm. And my wife is angry. And like, I, I just never find the time to get back around to this. It was just on the bench for a while. Okay. But then I realized, there's no reason for this thing to be on the bench, John. I might as well bring it off the bench and okay. put it back in the rotation where it belongs. And so I'm drinking this wild turkey rare breed tonight in honor of my man, Jayla Milrow, mm. who is the best quarterback who plays for Alabama. And it's not close at all. <laughs> not even close. Like he's the best quarterback that plays for Alabama. By an equal margin as he would be if him, you, and I were the three quarterbacks on Alabama's <laughs> roster. It's the Correct. same margin. Correct. If if Caden Proctor lined up under center for the University of Alabama, <laughs> Jay, he would he would be the second best quarterback behind Jalen Miller. Like Jalen Miller came in this week, and yes, did he throw what looked to be the world's worst interception in the end zone? directly to an old Miss defender. Mm-hmm. Yes, Jalen Milrow has now thrown three interceptions directly to the other team in what looked to be just absolutely ridiculous circumstances. But go look at the numbers. Go back and watch the game. After that interception, John, mm-hmm. 
Jalen Milrow completed nearly every pass he threw. Mm-hmm. He was responsible for um, two more touchdowns after that. And he came in and managed that game, made some great throws, made good decisions for the most part. And he was a good quarterback. Now I take you back to last week <laughs> when Alabama was out there struggling against South mm-hmm. Florida with two guys that have zero business. Like, it just makes you even more curious. We will never know why Jalen Miller, not until the 30 for 30 comes out. We will never know why Jalen Miller did not play against South Florida. <laughs> but here's to you, Jalen, uh, and hoping that you don't get benched again for absolutely no reason this season. Can, because Can we hope that he doesn't get benched again? Because I personally, John Smith in Atlanta, Georgia, cannot watch those other two guys play quarterback. Please. No one should have a subject Please, to like it's, Please. It's terrible. We're already yeah. having to watch Tommy Reese call plays. Like, we don't need mm. to see. Mm. We don't need to see those guys. All right, John. Week three, you mentioned an epic weekend of college football. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's the top shelf moment for you? What was the top shelf team? Who were the top shelf guys for you coming out of this weekend? The best of the best. I, Daniel, I'm I'm going to take a little bit of a left turn. And instead of this week saying top shelf, I'm going to point you to there is a conference that has six teams that are undefeated. That conference is the ACC. Ooh. Listen, I'm going to go very specific here. And I'm going to talk about someone who's top shelf who is flying under the radar in a conference with, that has uh, six undefeated teams. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, the Duke Blue Devils went 3 and 9 and 0 and 8 in ACC play 2 years ago. Give the people what they want. More they had talk on this. <laughs> they had the 126th ranked scoring defense and the 107th ranked scoring offense versus FBS opponents. 3 years in a row, they've had the 12th out of 14 teams ranked talent composite. Yep. And you know what they're doing right now? What are they doing right now? They are a top 20 Scoring offense versus FBS. They're the number four scoring defense in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're top 10 in turnover margin. And they still have the 12th ranked talent composite out of 14 teams in the ACC. They haven't played, you know, have they played anybody? Clemson may be a nobody. The Clemson head coach pulled a guy. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but I will say Mike Elko has to be top shelf. Mike Elko uh, is is leading a team that is, you know, again, how are they going to finish? I don't know. They may fly on the radar. But Mike Elko is taking something and doing something with it that is very difficult to do. Very similar to what Kyle Whittingham, I would say, is doing at Utah, like I mentioned before. He's taking a team and he is literally winning off of out-coaching other teams, out-scheming other teams, taking a team that has no business holding – uh, it threw four games, holding teams um, to uh, 9.3 points per game and doing a fantastic job. And I can tell you, College Station misses Mike Oko in a big way. Oh, um, do they? They do. And so I'm going to go, again, left turn, uh, but I'm going to go and give top shelf to the Duke Blue Devils, who won 41-7 to this weekend, and have a chance. They're hosting Notre Dame to make a statement. If there is such a thing as a statement, that Duke football can make. <laughs> I mean, just to 
just a, a a peek into the future. John and I love college sports, not just college football. We'll be here with you every week through basketball season. There you go. We're going to have plenty of opportunities to talk about Duke. But <laughs> this Duke football team is legit. Like, you got to give credit it's legit. Where, where credit is due. It's legit. I'm going to take a left turn as well in terms of um, the map of the United States. I'm going to go left. I'm going to okay. go about as far left as you can go. Okay. And then I'm going to go about as far north as you can go. And I'm going to get, I'm going to take you to the great state of Washington, John, because the top shelf teams in college football this weekend all hail from the mighty state of Washington, the Apple State. Um, how could I not lead off by talking about the Pac-2 champions, my Washington State Cougars, um, beating Oregon State, winning the first ever Pac-2 championship game. Cougs. Congratulations <laughs> to them, Cougs. They went out there and got the job done. It was a home game. They were a home dog. Told you to take them. And they they went out. They didn't not only did they cover, but they won the game on the field. Let me talk to you about a young man whose name is Cameron Ward, John. Mm. He is mm. the quarterback for the Washington State mm. Cougars. And in this Pac-2 championship game against Oregon State, he went 28 of 34 for 404, John. He went out and passed for that, four bills. Where I come from, that is called going off. Cam four, Hayward four, went four off. And four touchdowns against Oregon State. Mm. Washington State is 4-0, and oh, John. And they are one of the most fun teams flying under everybody's radar in college football. Mm -hmm. But good Lord, the Washington Huskies. <laughs> like, I'm not exaggerating when I say that if I had a vote in the AP poll right now, I would mm -hmm. vote Washington number one in the country. I think that watching every game this season, mm -hmm. they look like the best college football team. Now, mm -hmm. Of course, the schedule has been what it is, and not. but there's no consistency in anybody's schedules. You're doing this. This is what college football is, friends. Mm -hmm. um, Washington is a dominant football game, and they took Cal to the woodshed. Like, the week after absolutely destroying Michigan State on their mm -hmm. home field, they came back to Seattle and beat Cal like a rented mule Michael Penix Jr. only threw 25 passes in this game, John, and he threw them for 304 <laughs> yards. God. 25 passes for 304 yards and four touchdowns. Unreal. Like the Polk and Odunze mm -hmm. are unbelievable on the unbelievable. outside. Like yep. those two wide receivers are unbelievable they went for 127 and 125 respectively every time Penix put the ball in the air it landed in a Washington Huskies hands in the end zone mm -hmm. this is one of the most fun teams to watch in college football that I can remember in a decade mm -hmm. like you don't have to be a fan you don't have to think they're number one you don't have to think that the Pac-12 is good like I don't care what your opinions are just do yourself a favor and watch the Washington Huskies play football because it's so much fun. It's listen, worth staying up late. Listen, I, I tweeted this week my description of Washington. 
The Washington Huskies are a buzzsaw attached to a jet engine. And when they come out there, when that offense rolls out on that field, there is absolutely, it is all gas, no breaks. And holy moly. And yes, you, you know, I think it, it reminds me, and again, I am not saying I want to be clear before you come in the comments. I'm not saying that the the Washington Huskies are 2019 LSU. But it reminds their skill players, their wide receivers on the outside, and Michael Penix play in in the game reminds me of that dynamic that you felt when you saw Joe Bar- Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson out there. Uh-huh. When you saw those guys, when you when they when they walk on the field, um, it reminds me of that kind of vibe where it's like these guys. There's no telling what's going to happen, but you know it's going to be exciting. You know um, it's going to be uh, enga- engaging you know, throughout the entire game and more importantly for Washington, you know, like they're going to score points, man. If you can't, if you can't, if you can't score, they, they're going to score a lot of points. And uh, yeah, very fun to watch. Very fun to watch. All right. Other side of the spectrum. Mm. Who needs a stiff drink, John? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to lead. I'm going to let you follow here on this one. Um, Can we just, First of all, we know that the man does not drink. The man would not accept your stiff drink because he's a good Christian man. Like he's not interested in your alcoholic beverages. He's just interested in khaki pants and developing the players that he's recruited. Like that's mm-hmm. all that the man wants to do. But somebody please buy Dabo Sweeney a drink because mm-hmm. you alluded to it earlier, John. Dabo Sweeney came out here and he got so enamored with the story he was writing about a kicker who was taking online classes, getting ready to go to New York City for to work for an investment firm. How many mm. times, by the way, did we have to hear the booth tell us the story? Like, I'm not telling anyone anything that they don't already know, because if you watch one second of the Clemson-Florida State game, which was the best game of the day, Mm-hmm. I mean, Notre Dame, Ohio State was also awesome. Mm-hmm. But if you watch one second of that game, then you know everything you need to know about this kicker. Dabo Sweeney cared more about making this kid who has not kicked a field goal in a college football game in his life before this day. Mm-hmm. Making him the hero became everything Dabo wanted to do instead of, I don't know, Going out and winning the game at the end of the game. Now, let me just say, Kate Klubnik in this game, I thought, showed me a lot. Mm-hmm. Did he fail to pick up a blitzing, um, you know, defensive back that inev- like inevitably cost his team the game? Yes. Should the running back probably have picked that guy up? Absolutely. He should have. Cade Klubnik did not recognize it. He Fumble, obviously, scoop and score, touchdown. That was the difference in the game. But Kate Klubnik generally played well in this game. He was hitting receivers. He was making plays. The Clemson running game was doing nothing. Mm -hmm. But he was finding guys and he was making plays. Clemson has the ball. Mm -hmm. They are moving the ball down the field against Mm -hmm. Florida State. Mm -hmm. They have a chance to go down and win. And Dabo Sweeney takes all the gas off. Mm. And just decides, I want to slow it down right here. Mm -hmm. And I want to be as far back as humanly possible. 
mm-hmm. and I want to bleed as much time off the clock as humanly possible. And then I want to try to kick a field goal with this kid instead of just letting my team go down and score and win the game. Dabo Sweeney threw the season away mm-hmm. just for a feel-good story. And has there ever been anything more Dabo Sweeney than that, John? Daniel, Dabo said when he picked up that kicker, he said, this is either going to be a great story or it's going to be terrible. That was his exact quote. The man's a prophet. The ma- <laughs> We know how it ended. I, I don't, listen, I agree. There's nothing more Dabo than what happened on that field. L- um, Clemson had the ball first and 10 on the Florida State 12. They ran for a loss. Passing complete. Cade Klubnick runs a quarterback draw for one yard and kick a field goal. That's You, you have a five-star quarterback who is carrying you all day in this game. Yeah. And that's what you do. That's what you do. You hand the ball off once for a loss. You throw some you know, goofy play call that you're trying to that, – that still wouldn't get you a first down. Um, and then you run a quarterback draw with your five-star quarterback uh, from the 13 on third and 11 to set up a field goal. I – I don't get it. I think Dabo, you know, we talked about um, two, two, three weeks ago after week one, we talked about has this game passed Dabo by? And when you see what happened on that field, Daniel, this is Clemson's season on the line. Clemson, Clemson yeah, had everything, that? everything in front of them. And this is the, these are the decisions that you make. And, you know, again, for me, I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that you can say as to why Clemson lost this game, but you made a clear conscious decision to take the ball out of your five-star quarterback's hands and give an opportunity to a kicker that you literally found on the street just five days before, <laughs> five days before. It's um, boy. Unbelievable. Yeah. My unbelievable. For Dabble. Yeah. All right, Daniel. Um, we need to talk about Lane Kiffin. Oh, I guess we do. Lane Kiffin, listen, we know Lane Kiffin, we we know Lane Kiffin's shtick, right? Like we know his social media shtick. We know, you know, Lane Kiffin does, he's done this every year leading up to the Alabama game where he plays this little, you know, uh, this little part with Nick Saban where he's doing his memes, where he's making his, you know, little jokes. He's going on TV and saying all kinds of things. One of the things that Dabo did, or I'm sorry, that Lane Kiffin did this week that was different than what I have seen from Lane Kiffin before is it was very clear that Lane Kiffin expended emotional capital from his football team for this game. Yep. Ole Miss comes out. One of the worst offensive games I've seen called in my life. And... Charlie Weiss Jr., Lane Kiffin, these two guys are supposed to be, you know, this offensive brainchild. One of the worst offensive games I've seen called in my life. After the game, Lane Kiffin has his players, Jackson Dart, saying, we really thought this was our chance. We really thought this was our opportunity to get Alabama. So you've had a coach that, you know, mentioned multiple times they may not get another chance. Alabama's not on the schedule next year for Ole Miss because of expansion, all these things. Somebody pour Lane Kiffin a drink because I think Lane Kiffin has expended so much emotional capital for his football team for this game and because of his antics um, that I, I don't know where, where the season goes from here 
for for Ole Miss in the presser after the game. A reporter said, "Hey, yeah, you know, what are you thinking about LSU next week?" And Lane Kiffin said, "And you know, granted, give him credit for being honest, whatever." But he said, "I'm not there yet." What what coach stands up after losing a football game and says, "I'm not mentally there for the team next week"? I'll tell you, the coach that does that is when you ask nobody asks the coach in the losing locker room of the Super Bowl how you feeling about preseason week 1 mm. next year mm. the man just lost the Super Bowl John like he literally people make His jokes about that all the mm. time make jokes all the time about like oh where this school Super Bowl oh mm. where this school it's like the rent free in your head and where your Super Bowl those are the like those are the lines if you're a college football fan to poke fun at another fan base lane kiffin just lost the super bowl like Mm. point blank and he said as much like he that's not us speculating Mm -hmm. that that's how he feels his players said it he Mm. said it the man lost the super bowl of course he's not there mentally yet and oh by the way now this week you have to go play a team that's a lot better than alabama (laughs) correct lsu uh, it's not great to be an old Miss fan right no. now. Poor Link, given a drink, please. All right, John. It is a big week of college football coming up. Um, uh, so happy again to have you all here. Speakeasy Sports Show. Uh, a reminder: if you want to subscribe to the show, that would be absolutely fantastic, and we would absolutely love that a bunch. It would help us out a tremendous mm-hmm. amount. Um, We've got so much week five to talk about here, John. And so I want to get some some of the big ticket games that you're looking forward to. What are you excited to see? And then maybe let's go a little like it's a little under the radar, like Mm -hmm. maybe like a store pick that, you know, you go into the liquor store and you ask the guy like what's good. And you know that there's some guys you don't want to ask that question to (laughs) because like that guy is like you don't you don't know what's good. Like, let don't. I'm not taking your opinion for it, but yeah. I like to think of us as like the old guy at mm-hmm. the at the liquor store. Though, when you ask him what's good, like what should I be trying that I haven't been trying? I think there's some low key, really interesting games this mm-hmm. weekend. And so, but I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you lead us off. What is the number? If you could only watch one college football game this weekend, John, where are you going? Boy, well. It's a it's a tough question, right? Um, I think for me, if 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 I can only watch one this weekend, um, I am very very interested to see who is going to take control of that SEC West. And for me, I am interested to see. Um, and this, this is this is my, should have been my store pick probably, but I'm interested to see. Um, Texas A&M and Arkansas. Mm. Listen, it's great game. It's going to be a great game. It's the, always these two, a great game. It's always a great game. But but Arlington Stadium, Jerry World. You've got Sam Pittman, who had his Arkansas team tied with LSU with five minutes to go in the game. You've got Texas A&M, who didn't play well against Auburn, but they have you know. Um, Connor Wegman is injured. You got Max Johnson, who looked really good in that game. You've got Texas AM who's playing really good defense right now. I'm really interested to see um, you know, t- two teams, uh, two opportunities to really kind of 
establish yourself in that upper, you know, echelon right now of the SEC West, which is just wild to say that Texas A&M and Arkansas would be that game. But I'm very excited to see that game. Um, it's always a great game. I think it's a game that that is really going to be uh, the tail of the season for one of these programs. And so I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, I am. Um... I, I'm I'm very intrigued by that game. I'm always in, intrigued by that game. Mm. I think if I'm only if I'm only watching one game this weekend, it I think it's Kansas Texas. Like I'm really interested in this Kansas Texas game. Lance Leipold mm. and K- the Kansas Jayhawks. Mm-hmm. That's a legit football team. Like a that's legit. a that's a real legit football team. Uh, Jalen Daniels, the quarterback at Kansas, is playing absolutely out of his mind. And if you've not watched them, if you've not watched what they do, uh, they handled their business against BYU last weekend. They've played great inside their conference. They've played great out of conference. They, This is a team, and we've seen this before from Kansas, right? Like mm-hmm. last year, they got off the hot start, and then the wheels kind of fell off for mm-hmm. them. I think that was kind of step one of the mm-hmm. Lance Leipold. And again, everywhere this guy's gone, Lance Leipold, he has like he's done this. Like this is just who he mm-hmm. is. Like this mm-hmm. guy is going to get a big time college football offer really mm-hmm. soon. Like mm-hmm. maybe this offseason, like one mm-hmm. of the big offers that comes through is going to go to this guy because yep. he's a fantastic coach and he builds programs. They took the first step of that evolution last year where they mm-hmm. they got ranked they were they became relevant they got off to the hot start but then they couldn't sustain it now i don't think you have to go to texas and win Mm-mm. if you're kansas Mm-mm. but right now kansas is a 17 point dog in this game and i think if you're going to like, i will be fascinated to see how close kansas can keep this game can they make it interesting? Can they make Texas sweat coming down the stretch? Because let me just tell you right now, if you give me Sark and Lance Leipold in a one-on-one coaching duel in a close game in the fourth quarter, I don't care how much talent you have on your roster. I'm taking Lance Leipold and the Kansas Jayhawks. If this game is close late, mm-hmm. can Kansas make Texas sweat? Because we've seen when Texas gets nervous – Texas things tend to happen to that mm-hmm. football team. It could be it could be a massive game, not only mm-hmm. in the Big 12, but in the college football playoff mm-hmm. scenarios in the national like perspective because if somehow, and I'm not saying I think they will, if somehow Kansas were to win this game, mm-hmm. like you now have to really reevaluate your all of your thinking and say is kansas like a contender to make the college football playoff like that's where we could be in just a few days from now john yeah daniel if kansas beats texas this weekend this is their remaining schedule they got ucf at home they go to oklahoma state they play oklahoma at home they play iowa state texas tech kansas state and cincinnati that does not feel There's like only a two mer- teams on that yeah. that can beat them. Oklahoma, correct. Kansas State, and Kansas State, State. correct, correct. The only two. 
that is not a murderer's row. And so if if somehow Kansas uh, is is able to pull this off at Texas, you are definitely looking you know, I think you're looking at a real at at, at a real conversation that would be had. And man, Which is it wild. is man, it has been since Mark Mangino was taking up enough room for four people on that sideline before we that we, Letterman's we, jacket, that Letterman's <laughs> jacket, that, that thing was wearing. screaming. That was like Tommy Boy, like fat guy in a little coat, like it was a it was screaming. And and it's been that long since Kansas has been in any conversation uh, to be in any type of uh, right. championship conversation. So that's a great game. That's an exciting one to watch. Can't wait to see it. Yeah, where else you going this weekend? What else are you looking for? Yeah, Daniel, listen, I, you know, for me, I, I'm really interested in um, two other games. I'll give you two more. One right. is uh, a little Pac-12 after dark on Friday night. You got oh, Utah you playing at Oregon State. Golly. Uh, I think, you know, that all, all, all signs are pointing to potentially Cam Rising being back. You got an Oregon State team who has been a good football team mm-hmm. uh, who, who, you know, got shell-shocked by Washington State. But now they get Utah at home in a top 20 matchup. I think that one's going to be really intriguing. I also think Daniel USC and Colorado. Listen. Hmm. Let's talk about the USC oh, no. defense. Let's talk about the USC defense, okay? We saw what happened to Colorado when they went to Oregon and played a real football team. We saw it. Everyone saw it live and in color. Mm-hmm. While Colorado was playing at Oregon mm-hmm. and playing a real football team and getting shell-shocked yep. 42 to 6. What was the USC doing? You, USC USC was giving up 28 points to an Arizona State team who got shut out by Fresno State the week before. And like Arizona not State shut team, out, not a fluky shutout, like no, dominated. Dominated. Yeah. An Arizona State team who only scored 15 points on one of the worst Oklahoma State teams that I have seen in my lifetime. And an Arizona State team who only managed 24 points on Southern Utah, USC gave up 28 points to Arizona State. Um, that defense, the Drew Pine for Arizona State, threw for 221 yards and two touchdowns. Now, I don't know much about Drew Pine, but Shadur Sanders is a pretty good football player. No matter what happened, no matter what happened at at, at um, Autzen Stadium, Shadur Sanders is a good football player, and I am very interested to see. That game, we know that the Colorado defense is not going to be able to stop anyone. But can Colorado, in a similar fashion to you were mentioning about Kansas, can Colorado, can they put up enough points to keep this game into a situation where you get down to the end of the game or you get laid in the game and you have a coach over there, Lincoln Riley, who is going to have to try to figure out how to win a game? It's at Colorado. I'm very interested to see – uh, I'm sorry, it's at USC, but I'm very interested to see how that game plays out. I'm going to give you three more, and then I'm going to give you an absolutely under no circumstances can you watch this game. Okay? <laughs> so, like, I got – it's like – it's, it's it's like drinking for net. <laughs> correct. Yeah. It's like a – it's like you're alone, yeah. and you get some full bottle of Jack Daniels, and, like, mm. it's just – it's an immediate red flag. It's like you're – like you cannot under any circumstances. Um. Notre Dame Duke is a really fun game. Mike mm-hmm. Elko, great story at Duke. Notre Dame in one of the most comically heartbreaking defeats mm. that I think I can ever remember seeing. 
Um, Ryan Day yelled at an elderly man <laughs> on TV. Right. Some some have said Ryan Day may have had his Howard Dean moment um, after that after that game. I don't know anything about that, but I will say <laughs> that um, can Notre Dame get up off the mat mm-hmm. and go to Durham and win a game? Can Duke possibly, like, you know, mm. possibly keep this thing going mm. and beat Notre Dame in the same season they beat Clemson? Which, if you had taken a parlay before the season started <laughs> of of Duke money line versus Clemson and Notre Dame, God. just imagine the pile of money you would be sitting on. Um, I'm interested in that game. Um, I'm also very interested to watch Georgia go on the road. Mm-hmm. Well, we might as well talk about Georgia for a second, John. Mm-hmm. They're the number one yeah. team in the country. Um, I'm vi- the first game on the road for Carson Beck, the mm-hmm. first game on the road for this Georgia defense this year. Mm-hmm. Auburn has, um, they have looked very, very, very pedestrian on offense this year when they've played mm-hmm. anyone with a pulse. Look at their mm-hmm. power five opponents. Um, and and it's been brutal for yep. Auburn on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Auburn's defense is improved. How will the Georgia offense do at mm-hmm. um, uh, Jordan Hare Stadium? It will be interesting to see. And then another SEC one. I'll I'll wrap up with South Carolina goes to Tennessee. Do you remember that game last year? Who won that game? I can't even remember who won the game last year. I I think if I remember correctly, I think I think Shane Beamer dropped. A sixty piece on Josh Heupel's head, if I remember. Spencer Rattler was just out there, just exposing himself in front of God and everybody, and God. just said, "This is like this. We are South Carolina, and you are not going to the college football playoff, Tennessee." Mm-hmm. Um, is it a revenge game for Josh Heupel? Does Tennessee even have the capacity? to go out there and and host a revenge game. Tennessee's a 12-point favorite in this game. You want to talk about a team that like has been shaky at best in this mm-hmm. in this se- young season. Mm-hmm. I'll be fascinated to learn a little bit about Tennessee playing at home against South Carolina. And then I'll just end I'll end on this one. Um under no circumstances should anyone listening or watching this, we care about you. We would, we're so happy that you're here, by the way. Subscribe to the channel. Yes. Leave us a co- Drop us a comment. Tell us what you're, what you're going to be drinking on Saturday, what you're going to be watching on Saturday. We would love to hear from you. Um, and just as a, as a public service from us to you, do not turn on the Michigan State-Iowa game for any reason, for any – any purpose don't bet on it because if you bet on it you're going to want to watch it and you're not going to want to watch it um brian ference is dead he is deceased he that is over the brian ference watch is not even happening anymore it's not even a joke we can tell anymore because they scored zero points against penn state Mm. um kurt ference like i know iowa fans are just blindly in love with Kurt mm-hmm. fans, but surely they have to hate him. If you're an Iowa fan and you're listening to this or you're watching this, 
please let us know in the comments. Like, surely Iowa fans have to hate Kurt Ferentz at this point because he is literally running the program into the ground. And we know what kind of a what kind of a disaster the Michigan State program is. It has yeah. actually been run into the ground by a coach um, because of illicit off the field activities. Uh, so do not watch this game. It's going to be D- ugly. Daniel, the quarterback for Iowa, Cade McNamara, yeah, said he said uh, today they they asked him. Um, he said this week. They asked him about his wide receivers only having 14 catches in, uh, th- on 35 targets. And you know what he said? He what? said, I'm just a quarterback. I'm not calling plays or doing any of that. That's not my decision. I'm just going to run a play that gets called and hit the open guy. So you got the quarterback the qu- of the, the football team is literally saying, throwing the offensive coordinator under the ball. Saying, I'm just a quarterback. And listen, it is so if you're watching this on YouTube, it is so bad that my camera has said like I it's going into the void. It's trying to that, it's trying to black out. That's what's the happening. The level right of now. focus that John's camera has is the <laughs> level of focus that the Iowa offense has. It's I mean, a it's joke. Just, there, like, there Iowa's is. offense is an actual joke. Like yeah. it do not watch this game. It is it is just a <clears throat> sad couple of programs mm-hmm. who desperately want it to be next year when they can have a new coach who might mm-hmm. actually build something at two programs who really should be good. Like these are programs 100%. that deserve better than what they've gotten. Yes. Iowa is a great fan base. Michigan state is a great fan base. Mm-hmm. These programs deserve better than, than the coaching lots that they have been dealt. And so, um, but in the meantime, do not watch this game under any circumstances. All right. All right. Well, that'll do it for us. Um, enjoy week five of the football, the college football season. Let us know in the comments who you are watching. And uh, we'll be back next week to break all of it down on the Speak Easy Sports Show. We'll see you guys then.